very glad to be here on your podcast. What? Are you are you high this morning? No, I swear that we've interviewed. I thought we did him for like some soul care piece or something. That was equipping gatherings. I know, but I swear that we've had Bill. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Cool. So, any questions? Are you just going to tee it up, like ask me a question? Yeah. Yeah, this is a okay. real... Uh, so welcome. I listen to your <laughs> podcast, and I know how you guys roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is actually the most we've ever, I feel like, had a conversation before diving into it. Usually. Should, should we leave the conversation beforehand in the podcast, or everybody hears like, how prepped we are? Because the time's ticking. All right, I'm going to tee us up, and we're going to get going. Welcome back, Underground. Ah, I did it. He beat me. Go he ahead. Beat, he beat me to it. People are going to have to turn the volume down after they just, because Brian just <laughs> Brian just yelled at him. For the first time the first since time. late May, Brian and I are in the same room with microphones. You had to get descriptive because it's not the first time we've been in the same right, room. With microphones <laughs> that are on and we're talking, recording for a podcast. And we thought uh, for this anniversary or this uh, reunion... <laughs> Not anniversary. For this reunion, we would bring in our friends, Bill Randall. Bill Randall. Hi, Bill. Good to be here, guys. Bill, I could tell people who you are, mm-hmm. but it's way better if you tell people who you are. So, Bill, for the next couple minutes, we want to know who you are, where you are, and what God has called you to. Who is Bill Randall? Mm. All right. Put your seatbelts on. <laughs> <laughs> he says with <laughs> Put your seatbelts on. Yeah, yeah. So um, I met my my bride to be in San Diego, and then we got married, moved to the East Coast to go to seminary. And while there, we uh, we started a church, and that began this whole adventure of figuring out mission and what is the uh, what is the place of the church, and how do we activate people into the into the harvest and we did that and passed that on to some leaders I trained up. We moved to Southern California, planted some more churches, moved up to Northern California, and uh, began to lead a larger church. That From that church, we learned how to plant churches from the church. All the while, just kind of feeling this little bit of angst about waking up in the middle of a church that I either started, but I also was leading, and that our my heart was really to come alongside leaders and teams. And that seemed to be where the favor of God was on our lives. So we met this crazy group called Novo, it was uh, previously CRM leaders and church resource ministries. And I got invited in uh, to be a part of that tribe. And um, we took a uh, an emerging leader uh, incubator school that we had started in Northern California, moved it to San Francisco to train missionaries uh, in the kind of a global city, not kind of, a very global city. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> uh, we did that for a year. We had nine interns doing life together. And uh, we still felt like we were still waking up in the middle of not not a church, but of, of the same nine uh, that limited some of the stuff we, we felt in our hearts. So then we, I, I had this uh, vision to start pioneering initiatives that we're now leading. In September of 2016, we launched it with one, with one team uh, from Malaga, Spain. And today we have uh, 35 uh, missionaries in Europe and the U.S. and basically we're we're doing what we're going to be talking about today. So I don't need to explain that. Yeah. From our perspective, though, just not introducing who you are, but to say a little bit more of like Bill has been part of our equipping huddle on Sunday afternoons. He's just been a friend to the underground, speaking into us. Uh, he 
he interpreted a dream for me this morning right before we got on. (laughs) So this is someone that we look to as, yeah, a voice speaking into the underground. Like we all need these external voices that can speak life into us, speak wisdom because of their their closeness to Jesus and their pursuit of who he is and this shared understanding of what we want to see of the fullness of God into all things of this world. So I just want to speak that back into you. I appreciate your voice into us, Bill. So looking forward to this conversation today. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Bill is a a mentor, a teammate, a friend. Hey, it's been too long, bro. You can't like go way back from the microphone. I'm like, I'm way out of practice here. Um, (laughs) It's all good. Thanks for your thanks for your grace, everyone except Brian. Uh, but anyway, so Bill, glad you're here. So, Pioneering Initiatives launched a few yeah. years ago. A bunch of people and teams in different cities around the world wanting to see gospel movement. All right, mm-hmm. and so I've been running alongside and part of that world as well. I love in movements. There's just a lot of interwoven uh, partnerships for the kingdom. And it's actually one of the most fun things that, that we get to do. So we're really, we're doing all the same thing in these, these different cities. And, and, uh, we just got off this kind of series of a bunch of stories from the field in like unreached pockets, right? So we're hanging out in East Africa. We get all these testimonies. You guys just heard those the last few weeks. If you haven't heard them, really, really encourage you. It's yeah, just, you should go back and listen to those. It's it's a different flavor. Uh, so the pod, it's different than most of the podcasts that we've been doing. It's just testimonies on the field of local of local Africans. Um, and it's just really, really encouraging. And in that, almost every time you begin to look at global movements, which are you know exploding around the world, there are, there are a thousand plus movements. They're multiplying other movements, you know, it's Book of Acts all over the place, but there's always a level of translation from for us here in the States as we're looking at this, we're sitting or in Western context or whatever. I mean, even though there's there's movements happening in all sorts of different contexts, right? It doesn't just belong to one you know, area of the world or whatever, but there's this this reality of, man, what does that look like here? What are our, what are our you know, barriers that we're facing? How does this you know, this DNA that's present in every movement, how does that play out here in America? And so we kind of had an episode here to like sit on some of this. And I thought Bill would be a great guest to be able to speak to some of that. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of dubbing this, this episode as what are the, what's the key components present in gospel movement? Well, it just so happens to be similar language that we use a lot in Novo circles of uh, the five components. And so, Bill, I wanted to just like ask you, like start off, what are the five components? You know, I don't know, you don't have to do like deep teaching and all this, but just kind of the surface level. We talk about five components of movement, the language yeah. we use. What are those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll just list them. And what's interesting is it's, it's an observation, whether whatever you call it, you do see these five things at work when there is a sustainable gospel movement, you know, anywhere. And so it's just nice to wrap our minds around a way of describing it, a frame that, that has made it easier for us to convey it to others and, and so forth. But it's the first one is activating prayer. And I could talk about the difference between just, you know, when you say prayer can mean it, it is multifaceted mm-hmm. in and of itself, but activating prayer is a certain kind of prayer that's tied to movemental dynamics and then engaging culture and then making disciples is the third one. Uh, growing leaders is the fourth one. And then forming churches is 
you know, it's the outcome. And that's part of pioneering initiatives launched with this idea is that we, we, we tend to, in the West, we've, we've started with churches and, and experts uh, hoping to have disciples made and culture transformed and so forth. And in gospel movements, it's just, you turn it upside down. Mm-hmm. You start with team in the harvest and it's results in new expressions of missional t- multiplying churches. Absolutely. Man, that one flip right there is the, yeah. I don't even know how to describe the the depth of it in my life. Right. I mean, I was a part of church planting. Uh, that's pretty much all that Kristen and I had been a part of from teenagers, like late teen on. I mean, we worked for a couple of established churches, but even they had this heart for planting churches. And so I did have that framework of the macro yeah. down into, and hopefully we make disciples. And I remember that idea getting flipped on its head a little bit with just the question of, have you made disciples? But man, learning this movement language of starting with disciple making and not worrying about the form, you know, like we, you and I were talking yesterday about Alan Hirsch has these, this language for the MDNA and apostolic movements. And Corey said, yeah, it's a little, it's a little high level, a little, it's great, little philosophical, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily practical on the ground. And even Alan has that language of our Christology. So commitment to Jesus as Lord leads to our missiology, which means the going, the sending, the making of disciples, which leads to ecclesiology, which is Mm -hmm. the emergence of the church on the backside of that. We often go ecclesiology into missiology and never really are concerned super about Christology. We just (laughs) assume that it's there. Sorry for that big language on those pieces, but it's like, man, that was the the philosophical stuff I learned in 08, 09 about Christology leads to missiology, leads to ecclesiology. I didn't get it until I heard someone say, I think his name was Corey, Mm. quit worrying Mm. about forms of the church and start worrying about the function. Oh, man, that's wise. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you start with ecclesiology, then what we've done in the West is we just keep trying to change the forms. We keep trying to upgrade the the platform, the programs, um, you know, the level of expertise and excellence and all of that. And, and that's, that's basically the church growth movement, you know, started with what's going to appeal to people as opposed to what's going to transform hearts in the harvest. I know you want to, yeah, I know you want to get back to this movement thing, but I just, one other thing I want to insert. I'm just, my mind's just running because recently I've been talking to a lot of people about kids stuff. Like, this is the question that keeps coming back to me. What do you guys do about kids? What do you do about kids? And I don't remember who I was talking to, but I had this, like, moment where I was like, I don't want this to come across abrasive. But. (laughs) And (laughs) people are asking this question because they're looking at a form of the church and a form of kids ministry Mm -hmm. that they don't feel like they can compete with. Oh, yeah. But is actually, sorry, a failure of a model mm. yeah like kids yeah. are reaching 18 they're leaving the church and they're not coming back and we're trying to figure out how to do that in homes and it's like that doesn't even work yeah. no. like the let's, things that yeah. we've been giving ourselves to are not successful let's do a failed model model better <laughs> <laughs> exactly that should be the title of this this podcast episode so but bill at the same time i've had conversations with you where we're like, but there's got to be forms that emerge 
that are different. We have to have language for it. We have to have system. We have to have just like a framework. Like if we just yep. throw out teams and we say, okay, go make disciples, and we never see spiritual families emerge out of that, well, then we're not also not living into it. And uh, and so I know yeah, that's been that's something that's been you know that you've been passionate about. Yeah, there's patterns, aren't? Isn't there? There seems to be patterns. And you look at the New Testament in terms of of Paul's, you know, launches out of Antioch and does his little tour of going up through, you know, uh, Galatia. You see patterns. I mean, he's there's a lot of prayer. <laughs> there's a there's a supernatural signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a preaching of the of the a gospel of the kingdom. There's making disciples. There's discerning leaders and elders uh, and the forming of churches. You just see that pattern, and um, and down through throughout church history, you see you see these components showing up wherever there's a rapid multiplication of new disciples and resulting in you know cultural transformation. And so that's yeah, that's what we what we say is it's highly has to be highly contextualized, uh, especially like you've you've been working so much cross culturally. We, we, you know, what our tools are, you know, how we engage culture and so forth has to be put through the lens of missiological contextualization. But these components, I, I think, are cross-cultural, you know, mm-hmm. as as forms of of mission. Do we want to hit them again and just slow down and walk through them? Yeah, is that where you're going? Yeah, let's 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 do that. So first one, activating prayer. This sounds a lot like a. Extraordinary prayer and fasting, it Corey. It's weird. Yeah. So in some ways, these are just synonymous terms. Um, yeah, they are. In other ways, I like I like the differences where we can kind of come at it from different angles. Nuanced. You know, so it's, there's extraordinary prayer and fasting is the language we use a lot in KC Underground. Um, Novo, we talk about activating prayer. Bill, you, yeah. you referenced the, the difference uh, or, or when we say activating prayer, what do we mean by that? Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's tied to it, it's tied to the forward movement uh, movemental dynamics of of, of of gospel movement. So it's it's you know it's kingdom come prayer. It's it's praying to hear you know. So it's listening prayer for assignments um, in the harvest. It's mm-hmm. it's prayer walking to engage you know to engage the supernatural to see um, hard ground softened and and for clarity to come. I mean. Really, activating prayer is, is is a thread that goes through all five of the components. I mean, it's it's yeah. it does stand on its own. I think it's a great starting point. But when you're engaging culture, you're doing it with with you know prayer is also going on simultaneously when you're making disciples and so forth. Right. But um, yeah, there. I mean, it's where the supernatural fits comfortably uh, mm-hmm. in in, in um, activating prayer. Um, we just find what a difference when we learn to listen and obey. Out of that posture of, of 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 prayer, that's opening up, you know, the the ground of where the, where it's ripe, where to start, you know, where to continue. Um, we've had startling examples of that where actual assignments have been given in listening prayer that have brought to a certain place at a certain time, where there's a person of peace that's discovered and and so forth. And I mm. I know that, that those stories are across the board, but in, in Novo activating prayer has been the key to really emphasize that to teach on that, to train on that, and to to take it from, you know, the gathering. We do it in community. We do it individually, but to take it into the streets. Mm, yeah. I think it's one of the mantles that Novo has is to help uh, people understand that sort of prayer. I think of uh, activating prayer or extraordinary prayer as kind of a, a two-sided token. Like on one side, we've got just abundant 
listening. And then on the other side, we've got um, combative <laughs> against the, yeah. the kingdom of evil type of prayer. And yeah. we, te- we tend to lean on one or the other sometimes. Um, and when yeah. we say extraordinary prayer or pray, 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 um, I think John King mentioned this in a podcast a few weeks ago. It's not just pray more. It's like pray better. Mm-hmm. It pray better is it in terms of listen better and uh, combat better. I just like I like that word combat um, when yeah. it comes to that. So that's because you're so violent. I know I'm repenting. Um, so that's yeah, the, I think that I, I agree with you. I think the mission of God is is really at the heart. But you know, it's, we carry this tension of contemplative, where we think of the presence of Jesus. You know, staying close to the heart of God and listening, and then contending, which is we're yeah. taking with with our, knowing our identity that's come through con- contemplation, knowing our assignments, which has come through listening, we, we contend. And I, it's somehow in that tension is the mis- mission of God. Yeah, I was about to say something <laughs> until that hit right before I was about to say it. I was yeah. like, oh, I got to sit with that one. But before we move to the second one, just to drop this out there, for those listening, if you want more on activating prayer, you can scroll way back through the archives, 60 of them or so, and hear Lee Price talking about activating prayer. So there's a couple of episodes mm-hmm. from Lee. Uh, great, great training there from him. Absolutely. All right, number two, you, we said engage culture. Uh in our language, in Casey Underground, it's live as missionary, but it's uh, essentially the same thing. So, yeah, like what stands out to you about engaging culture, even through the lens, Bill, of, okay, looking at global movements to looking in America? Like I think this engaging culture is a really interesting one. Yeah. I mean, it's really um, – I think it's you, Alter. Somebody says, you know, we're good, it's the good newsing mm-hmm. part. I mean, yeah. we, we're, we're, we're bringing, we're incarnating – um, we're being present. Um, we're being. We're, we're discovering missional spaces. You know, the, those spaces where believers and non-believers can be in the same space. Often enough, that um, friendship can happen. You know, relational equity can be can be gained. Relevancy can be gained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's where we can be salty and and so forth. So it's moving into those areas where there's brokenness and need, and where in in love and in relevance uh, we come with more than just words we come this is the deed part we come you know it's it's it, the gospel is word deed and power as sam Metcalfs likes to say mm-hmm. but this is really where we do pull up our sleeves and we serve we do um in engaging culture with whatever the need is we we you know we as god leads by his spirit we we jump in and in that connection with people in in, in neighborhoods and you know, parks and networks and so forth, um, strangers become, you know, acquaintances, acquaintances become friends, and it's friends who can, um, you know, invite somebody to to discover Jesus. Mm. Friends become family, ultimately. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that as you think about engaging culture, it's like, what is the, like, my question is, what are the needs? You know, what do you see around that's you right. that doesn't look beautiful that's and I, I think I learned that language from Hugh probably from N.T. Wright in this surprise by hope and some other places but just that question of what doesn't look beautiful around me or what is what is a longing that this network of relationships has mm. so I hang with my neighborhood guys on Tuesday and you know part of our question that we're asking is how do we become better husbands, humans, and fathers, 
and we've been just posing questions, whatever. It just kind of guides our time until midnight or whatever. Mm. Uh, but recently I discovered this book by John Tyson called How to Become an Intentional Father. And we're sitting around one Tuesday night and I just was like, hey, do you guys want to, would you like to look through this and, and see if see if we we could walk through it to a to a man? They all bought it right there on the spot and it was like this moment of yeah because this is something that you're hungering for you all have kids and you want to become better fathers this is a way to engage the culture yeah and it's going to be go ahead oh no i was just going to say yeah and you it's life happens so if we're engaging culture if we're in the culture if we're in intentionally uh in uh, uh conversations with our neighbors and you know um networks uh, life is going to leak out at some point. If we're there enough, yeah. you know, there's enough uh, authentic, authentic connection. Life leaks out. Like my neighbor, just a while back, um, I've been, you know, trying and praying for him to see a, a connection, a possible connection. And one day I saw him holding his back and kind of limping. And anyway, to make a long story short, I asked him, "May I pray for you?" And uh, out of that, uh, he didn't get healed in that moment. But he goes, what are you about? <laughs> what yeah, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And he invited my wife and I to come over and have dinner uh, w- with him. And so it's it's led to spiritual conversations. Um, his need presented a you know an, an opportunity for me to to meet meet it as in one of the most obvious biblical ways, and that's that's to pray for people that are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Before you take us to the third one, this made me think of one more thing, which is this is how one and two lead into each other they do and uh brad briscoe uses this language of listening on multiple fronts i'm sure other people do as well i just learned it from brad <laughs> so we listen on multiple fronts we listen to the spirit like we're hearing that language you just used of we're listening for our assignments so we listen to the father first through the spirit where to go but we're the other front that we're listening on are those in our lives that are communicating these places where they want us to step in Mm-hmm. And those two things go together. Like as we listen to the Father and we listen to the culture or the the relationships right. we're in, they'll usually begin to line up, and we'll see where Jesus is already at work. Yeah, engaging culture is one of those, and we've actually done this where we could talk weeks and weeks and weeks on the nuances, the differences, the strategies, because it truly is different in every context. That's why we listen to the Lord. That's why we listen to people. Um, but it's also something that if you go globally overseas in different pockets, it's generally almost it's it's always happening to some degree. There are some pockets of movement that um, I, sometimes just showing up it can be kind of an access ministry. I've said that some with you know uh, certain populations like the jail community, like uh, just showing up was an access ministry. It was like, hey, we can talk about spiritual things, show show you how much we love you. Um, and there are some movement streams that I think emphasize this more than others. And I think in America, it is such a need to be able to walk with people to understand what engaging culture looks like. Because if we're, we're not a culture of just knock on doors, I don't know you, I'm going to move on because people no, have right. s- such a pushback to that, even though that is a biblical thing and it can work really well in certain contexts like my neighborhood. I mean, everyone, it's just not going to work. It's, so there's there's a deep reality to understanding some of this stuff. So we could talk a long time. Maybe we'll have you back and talk more about that someday. <laughs> uh, number three, making yeah. disciples. We use the language in Case the Underground of plant the gospel, um, but making disciples. Number three, Bill, what do you 
What do you think about that? Yeah. One? Yeah. So that's when you have, again, earned the right to be heard or mm-hmm. to um, invite people to discovery. We're ready in making disciples. It's just saying we're ready uh, to invite people to, to discover Jesus or to enter a process of, of beginning to follow him. And so we, you know, there's several tools that come to mind that are, are I know you guys utilize um, in the underground. And one is the DBS discovery Bible study It's just, um, you know, we, we don't have to go into that because your, your listeners know about that. It's just a, a simple, easy to multiply tool to have people engage scripture um, encounter encounter Jesus and um, learn to follow him even before they cross the line of faith uh, uh, most of the time. Yep. Um, and that discovery process has proved to be very powerful cross-culturally. I mean, it's blowing up in Africa and, um, you know, the Middle East, and, and we're seeing it work effectively in the West as well. Yep. And then, um, you know, persons of peace, that's a, another um reality of a, a tool that Jesus gave us, you know, and, and, and that basically there are people that are primed to be doorkeepers to a whole new network of relationships. And, and so we we learn to discern who those people are as we're engaging culture and we work with that. And I think the third one that I would mention is, again, here comes prayer again, but it's um, miracles and signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like to say miracles are can serve as signs that make people wonder about Jesus. Yeah. It's certainly a powerful, a powerful yeah. apologetic in the new Testament. I mean, there's anytime there's a dynamic uh, move towards uh, multiplying disciples, you're going to find somewhere before, during, or after that event of, of, of some supernatural ministry. Mm, absolutely. It was so fun being in Africa because sometimes in America, we've got these different theological streams that, you know, I can I can be all about signs and wonders, and maybe have had a bad, still have had a bad uh, taste in my mouth from, you know, certain maybe charismatic streams or, or vice versa or whatever. And so it's just so fun being talking to some of those leaders, and we ask them about signs and wonders and miracles, and it's it's as normal as hey, do you pray? I mean, it's it's like so normalized, but yeah. it, but it it wasn't dramatic in the sense of you know, really extreme, and it's all about like yep. these yep. emotions. But at the same time, it's like so, of course. Like, yeah, I mean, how else are you going to just see the gospel totally penetrate a new place? You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, totally. Sorry. Dumb question. <laughs> Dumb question. Well, the problem, like, the, like I, I hear you hinting at this, the problem that people have understandably with the miracles thing is when it has become an end in itself. Like we're right. celebrating, yes. you know, the, the power encounter. We set up a tent and sell DVDs of of you know, of, of a thing God is, has done or mm-hmm. is doing rather than it being a part of the whole. That's why it takes all five components, not just one or two. And it's not just activating supernatural ministry. The same thing with engaging culture. It, there are people that make that an end in itself mm-hmm. and uh, it's an important part of, but it's got to be tied to the rest. Right. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that in and of itself wow. is a huge takeaway Yeah, is that the five components work together. Yeah. Is like you, you, none of them are an end to itself, which I think you can have people who lean in either gifted or roles in the church that really like fit great to, to edify, to build up, to, to lead the way in these elements. But dude, if you, if you're out without all of them, you're not going to see yeah. movement. You're not going to see multiplication. Yeah. That's also just what you said there at the end, that there are streams that make them like they, they yeah. so emphasize them. You have, you know, we're, we're just going to do our prayer movement. Well, if it never moves out into the street, that's right. You you know, right. great. 
love it, you know. And then you have yeah. these people that are, are streams that are these people. That sounded so terrible. <laughs> you have these, you know, certain streams that are all about the incarnational mission, but it does, there's no power behind it that leads into disciple making because we actually end up just becoming more like the culture we're trying mm-hmm. to engage or signs and wonders. This is the only thing that we do. <laughs> you know, like right. Corey, I had a headache the other day and he came and pushed me over trying to ask. <laughs> he was just in my way. Actually, <laughs> We talked about that though early on with the underground is we, we've actually studied a few of these different kind of streams and it's what helped us land where we are because we saw okay these friends of ours were so good at incarnational mission we just took all their good stuff (laughs) and we married it to this other stream that we had studied they're so good at prayer movements you know it's like that's what we want to be as a holistic movement that leans into all five we want it all yeah like i was like why why do i have to choose (laughs) (laughs) like jesus didn't choose i want it all man so yeah all right number four number four all right, so uh, is it, what's the language? Growing leaders, growing, it says how we say, yeah. Growing leaders. So it's like building. So growing leaders, we, we kind of flip some of the uh, yeah, order true. here, but it's, it's very similar. So uh, we'll talk about the next one. We talk about multiplication on every level. Uh, multiplication yeah. has to have uh, growing of leaders. I mean, really, that's so much of what multiplication is. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you multiply and grow leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. And from the harvest in particular yeah. that multiply. Yeah. So talk to me about some of those elements of growing leaders. Talk to us, yeah. actually. Just talk. me. I'm the only one. No, I want to hear as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you see these um, sticky points uh, in, in, in movements or in the attempt to, to, to see a movement happen. And, and this would be one of them where you have a – you can have a rapid multiplication of new disciples and be so busy that we don't – you know, um, intentionally try to notice uh, and discern who are potential emerging leaders that we need to spend a different amount of time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you don't do that, you, you are not going to multiply healthily. If you multiply at all, eventually it breaks down. And so it's the intentionality to notice um, who has who has the capacity to lead leaders, who has the capacity to to serve in different ways. So movements require more than just the apostolic front runners. Uh, we also have to be discerning and training people that can uh, facilitate um, the new expressions of church that are going to come out from from um, our work in the harvest. Yeah. And so we like to look at, we need all five voices of Jesus and we need the apostle, you know, the apostle, pr- prophetic, evangelistic, shepherd, teacher. And so we're looking for leaders who carry the bent of those five five voices or five postures of Jesus um, so that we can get the whole thing done. So we want to we we multiply and we want to sustain uh, mm-hmm. the gospel movement. To do that, we've got to grow leaders. And the thing we focus a lot of in in pioneering initiatives is is an acrostic that i'm sure you're familiar with but we we like to maul people like like the way to grow somebody is to model it for them whatever it is if it's dbs you model it then you assist them let them do it but you're there do it with them then you watch them you let them do it you're not assisting you're there though to give them uh pre-brief and debrief after they do it and finally leave and that's the multiplication piece that where you let them do it what you did to them, they do it, and you go off and do it again. Yep. And so that's that's been a missing piece as well. We've we've trained with three ring binders in a, in a classroom in the West typically, mm. and and what in Oof. movements it requires face on face, life on life. That's so I invite you to look at my discipleship, 
and we do it together and then I send you off and I go do it again. Man, I've, I'm making this decision that we're going to jump more into mauling people. Yeah, mauling. No, <laughs> I, we, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast on the first three components. We talk a lot about micro churches too. And number five, I think it is it will be good for us at some point in the next few weeks to months to dive in a little bit more into uh, specific leadership development and multiplication. Um, Brian, I hope that's cool. Uh, or Brian's just going to cut this part out of the podcast. <laughs> He's got that veto power. Uh, absolutely. I just I also want to <coughs> excuse me point out to the fact the the fact that in Africa maybe you got a a piece of that if you listen to some of these stories of what leadership development look like, what multiplication. And that really is, it's a phrase we use a lot in movements, is that like slow is the new fast. Like you really do go slow to go fast. And it it's counterintuitive because sometimes it might take a couple years, a handful of years um, to actually invest. And that's, it's not just investing like what we've done a lot in America. We invest, invest for a lot of growth. We take people out of the harvest and we disciple them. That's not what I'm talking about. That it takes time, though, to walk alongside, to help build the character, to help continue to hearing and obeying. Um, but in time, you, suddenly you've got all these leaders in a handful of years that have been developed, and they can multiply healthy, robust, robust uh, like areas where you actually can see it. And so uh, there's a couple networks involved here in Kansas City where it's like, wow, that is happening. Like, um, share the hope we talk about a lot. It's happening. Like, we've got all these leaders that are suddenly like so ready and ripe to go start new things. And it's like, oh, so it is, slow is the new fast, but suddenly it's fast. Mm. Like multiplication is happening faster because we did the hard, the hard work, you know, like faithfully mm-hmm. helping grow some of these leaders. So such a huge key, we need to talk about it more. Can, can you imagine if someone took like three and a half years with just 12 people, where that would end in 2000 years. So slow. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, but it does take, it does take a, I don't know what to call it, but like the apostolic intelligence to be able to know when to slow something down. Like you can't engage everything at this. If you're going to increase on forming leaders, it could be that the most obedient thing is to do a little less engaging culture. I'm just talking in the frame of, of a single person, but sometimes teams also, they need to you know, take the foot off the, the pedal in one of the five components and put it more down on, on another one. And this is one that it typically is just not given enough attention, I think. And, we, and then when you absolutely need it, it's too late. You, you, you're yeah. always playing catch up. Or we do it first mm. in the wrong way. In there the wrong go. setting. No. no, I'm not sure there's apostolic intelligence. We probably <laughs> yes. need the prophetic shepherding intelligence to slow the apostolic down. <laughs> so good. All right, we're running out of time here, Bill, but we're definitely going to be getting Bill back more regularly because this absolutely, is, this is good Fun stuff. To be with you guys. Uh, last one. Um, see churches planted. Um, we use the language uh, micro churches emerge or spiritual families mm-hmm. emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that What does that look like? Seeing healthy churches come about in these these settings yeah yeah this is one of the things again like you said we could go off on on any of these and you guys have done a great job in your podcast on this but i think it's these dbs's you know to be able to um lead them in such a way that they can a lot of them have potential to form um as as a new expression of church where they they just take on they they kind of like admit what they are you know that they maybe that's celebrated with some baptisms 
um, as a as a you know a crossing point into moving from DBS to church. But there's a there's a minimal we call I think you guys call a minimal ecclesial standard that's represented there, and so there's there's that worship and community and and uh, commission, and I think there's a connection to the to the wider apostolic network um, that we celebrate as an important part of of what it means. But yeah. it's a it's a it's a church that helps sustain the work that's being done in the harvest. Yeah, so good. I think we should change it from minimal ecclesiology to essential. Yeah. so much better minimal mm. just sounds like yeah i'll just do the least anyway that's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there but thanks for taking that left turn yeah, now back that. to our regular programming <laughs> no that's 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 beautiful we talk about spiritual families a lot here you yeah. know um because it's 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 just a great framework it, it's so biblical but also just understanding that it's not just about a gathering or it's not just about a form but these are mm-hmm. real dynamic living relationships and what yeah. does that look like to care for one another and 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 here's what I've landed on as I was sitting on this in Africa thinking you have to have you have to validate the form of a simple expression of church yeah. without making it the point there it is and that is so freaking hard because we just jumped to form but you got it's got to be present mm-hmm. and if it's not present things just die off so we are always in, here in underground, and and probably same with you know PI pioneering initiatives is that with that tension where it's like we can't focus hyper focus on what the church form looks like, but there's got to be a, a paradigm that exists. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. in recent training with people, coaching, whatever. I I keep saying that phrase over and over. We are not a microchurch movement. Yeah. We want to be a disciple making movement. Yeah. We just talk about microchurches because it is the form of church that makes for us the most biblical and cultural sense for this moment. So many and, reasons and, for that. And we yeah. have to emphasize microchurch and help develop. I was like, when you, to, to pull us back to the beginning of the conversation, we're talking about global movements. I always say, you don't, you don't hear about microchurches and global movements because they already exist in many of those cultures as extended yeah. families. Yeah. So there's no need for them to emphasize how to build a healthy extended family because oftentimes that's the framework in which they exist. Our families are just so jacked up and so one-dimensional and generational that we have to coach around this this piece and this phase Mm -hmm. to help people understand you need this extended family piece. And so we're going to coach around practices and and ideas and encourage you in it but it's not it's it's just at the end of the game it's just not mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah, so good. It's and good. it's not even what we're trying to get to we just have to have it as part of the equation absolutely absolutely yeah well yeah because one of the things that an observation i've had in, in movements is that if if you don't get to that um, and you just are depending on like the strategy of dbs which is in in its purest form it's it's working to help people discover Jesus. So what if you've discovered Jesus and you're, you, you, there's other needs that are legitimate that needs to be dealt with, you know, encouragement and accountability to, you mm-hmm. know, the rest of the story, not just crossing the line of faith. Right. Um, and so if that doesn't, isn't provided, then what happens sometimes is people go back into the institutional church that exists in any given culture, which sometimes just nips the, the movemental yeah. potential of yeah. that disciple Unfortunately, there's no family. So it's there. it is it is important for the sustaining of everything we're giving ourselves to in making disciples. Yeah, man, that's good. All right, so we we are out of time 
Here, but yeah. Bill, I, I want to actually probably invite you back on sooner rather than later to talk about um, some of these things. So once Brian and I sit down and feel like we have a direction of where we're going for the next <laughs> few months, uh, Bill will definitely be a part of that. Uh, Bill, you know the drill. Bill, know the drill. Also, before we end, yes, can will. we call him Bill Randall, P.I.? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely we can. I'm going to make you a card. Anyway, this is your turn to speak back into the underground, Bill. Yeah, we, oh, and man. we invite well, you to like hear from God and speak over whatever it is that you feel like is a word at the moment. Right now, hear right from now, God. Do it, do it now. And that's why, I, <laughs> that's why I jumped in and started cutting you off so you've got a time. But it seems like you're about to say something, so I don't know why I'm talking right now. Go, Bill, go. Now, well, right I'm now. just a part of many, many throughout. I don't, I don't know. I know you guys are global in, in the impact of this podcast, for example, and then your trainings and, and the kind of the materials that have come out. So I just want to bless you for that. I, I bless the Casey Underground for taking these concepts and you guys are incarnating in, in the West, which is a, it's few and far between. We have places and people, you know, faces and places that we can look to uh, for an expression of really working it out in the trench of, of a city uh, in the West. So I, I in, uh, represent Novo, uh, and uh, other uh, missionaries, even in my city, Boise here, Boise, Idaho, who are benefiting from uh, your experimenting and and staying laser focused on this in a, a particular city, and, and that has given you authority. And I think it's 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 showing itself in how many people outside of your city are benefiting. So I want to bless you in that, mm-hmm. and may the Lord just give you that that wisdom to know how much to f- you know to stay the focus in the in the central zone he's called you to live and to live it out and also know that uh, for the sake of movements you're giving it away and networking with other cities and Mm -hmm. missionaries throughout the world so bless you with that wisdom and uh and and more breakthroughs i know casey's got a few more people that need to discover jesus so (laughs) bless you as you guys continue to work it out in your context Mm. beautiful yeah thank you bill means a lot man we appreciate it and we will have you back soon Bill Thank Randall. You guys. See you, brother. P.I. All the best. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City, and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.